In today's show, we look at Monday's NBA action. There were seven games on. We look at waiver wire trends, updates on news. There was a trade, all of that stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you. For making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day, we are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. We lots to talk about. There was a bonus show today covering the Rui Hachimura deal. So make sure you go check that out, Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. I did a whole 15 minutes on the Hachimura deal. In that earlier show, I do encourage you to go check it out. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. You can find it on the YouTube feed. Let's just recap it, though. Hachimura traded for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. The latest report from Jovan Buha, um, he's a legendary Lakers reporter, he said that the plan is for Hachimura to start. Again, I don't know what the Lakers do half the time with the players they acquire. They're just not players that I enjoy or think are guys to build around. We have seen Rui Hachimura as a starter before. Just don't get it confused. Rui Hachimura has started games in the past before. And it has never been a good fantasy situation. He has never been a 12-team league option in those starts. He has. It's not like he's always been stuck coming off the bench. He started every game for his first two seasons, played 30 minutes and 32 minutes, and was not a 12-team league player. Remember that. Last season, he started 13 games because he had that weird start to the year and the addition of Kuzma with the, the personal problems. And this year, he hasn't started a single game, although he is playing 24 minutes a game. We have seen Rui Hachimura starting. We have seen it. Yes, first and second year player. So there is improvement there. But when when does he touch the ball? When LeBron has it, or when Davis has it, or when Schroeder has it, or when Westbrook has it, or to be honest, when Lonnie Walker has it? And what else does he do? Does he ever pass? Lol. He's never averaged two assists per game. Does he get steals? Well, he's never averaged more than 0.8. What about blocks? He's at a career high of 0.4 this season. He's had one season shooting over 34% from three. That was last year at 45% on the lowest volume of his career. I just don't buy him as this great fantasy. He just needs the opportunity. You know what? He's had the opportunity and didn't do anything with it. And the reason he lost his starting spot because he wasn't very good. So I've, I actually have no problem with taking a flyer on Rui Hachimura, right? But people, are, they're squinting to see something that just isn't there, has not been there through 177 games. It hasn't been there at all. And not through lack of opportunity. Yes, he will probably start over Lonnie Walker because yeah, Lonnie Walker is short Rui Hachimura. They're the same player, but one's taller. And I think that does give the edge to Hachimura. But I don't, even if he plays 30 minutes a night, I don't think that it's a bit must-roster situation. He's worse DeAndre Hunter. Do, you, do any of you sit here and go, man, I really love having DeAndre Hunter on my team. He's a great must-roster player. Does anyone think that? I don't think so. He's a significantly worse RJ Barrett. How much do people love having RJ Barrett? on their fantasy teams. That's who he has been. And again, 
This does not preclude a bunch of stuff changing. Maybe he becomes this defensive menace who generates assists and becomes an elite rebounder on high-volume threes. Maybe that happens. I'll bet against something that I've never seen happen before, ever, from him. Like, he's just never done it. I'll bet against that. Again, no problem. Take a fly. That's what your streaming spot's for. He might play Wednesday. Although, I think the next game's Saturday after that. He'll play one of those games, and we'll see it. And then we'll see the, the return of Reeves and Davis and Walker. From what I hear, that Walker will probably be the one coming off the bench. It'll be Schroeder, Beverly, Hachimura, LeBron, and Davis as the starting group. But I still... Someone had a comment in one of the YouTube videos. Man, how don't you see his production rising? Because I I don't. Like, I've got to balance all of the shots and pace and usage when I do projections. And to get it there, Hachimura's value has to drop. His, His shooting numbers, his usage has to drop to make it balance in this team. Because he will be, at best, the number three option in the starting group. Maybe number four, depends how Schroeder works. And then you've still got 30 minutes of Westbrook to feature in there. So that for a majority of the minutes, he'll be the number four guy at best. Maybe the number five guy. Remember that part of it. And his peripherals are bad. No problem taking a flyer on him. And in a points league, it actually can work. In a category league, I'm just highly skeptical of it. For all of those reasons that I've laid out with Hachimura. I just don't think that he is that valuable of a player and that valuable of a category league fantasy contributor. We can say all these things, but what if he becomes this shooter? And what if he does defensive stuff? Cool. Never has. Just never has. What if he develops? Maybe. He's 24. Right? We haven't really... Look, he's also he's almost 25. He's like turns 25 in two weeks. So, I don't know. It feels like I'm bashing the bloke, but I'm not. I'm just trying to explain where I sit with why I have him projected not as good as some people think he will be. And why I... And quite skeptical of it being an elite sort of situation for him. I don't really see that. There you go. Again, love your comments on it. Love your feedback on it. Happy to go back and forth and debate on it. But I'm just trying to, again, it's nothing personal. It's literally what I've seen from Hachimura across 180 NBA games so far. DeAndre Ayton and Landu Shamit remain out for the Suns tomorrow. So Biombo and Landau, yeah, maybe. Sharich gets a little bit of a boost there. But obviously, you'll get Cam Johnson, um, Tory Craig. They get those boosts as well. It's hard to look pegged down a bloke to be a must-stream guy. But Biombo, Craig would be the two that I'd look at. And then probably Sharich after that with Landale and Damian Lee following on after that. And then the other news, which we covered on the injury report show later on, is Porzingis. Porzingis. He's out week to week with the ankle problem. And again, I've buried the lead here again. Dan Gafford's the ad. Dan Gafford's the ad because Hachimura is gone, but also because Porzingis is out. There's a must-add situation for Dan Gafford. You can take flyers on Rui Hachimura by all means. 100 times out of 100, I would add Gafford over Hachimura without any shadow of a doubt. No problem. No problem saying that whatsoever. I would add Gafford over Hachimura every single time. And to be honest, there'd be a debate between me adding Rui, uh, Rui Hachimura or Denny Avdia. I think Avdia is probably a better overall category league player. Um, Rui's a better overall points league player. And how, you know, there you go. That's all that done. It's just, I wasn't even meaning to talk about Rui, to be honest. We still got five minutes out of it somehow. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. 
New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place a, your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanjuel.com slash locked on. Fanjuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. If we go over and have a look at some of the games for tomorrow, the Cavs are three-point favorites over the Knicks. It looks like Donovan Mitchell will return. So is three points enough for the Cavs on the road? Is it not enough? I'd say it's probably not enough, to be honest, going up against the Knicks over there. But that is listed over there on Fangel, as are the Wizards, who are seven and a half point underdogs against the Dallas Mavericks. All of it is on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So NBA fans and football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at Fangel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fangel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at waiver wire. Let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one is the big fella, Pat Williams, in Chicago. Made sense with their schedule. He returned good value today. Strong ad. He's playing much better. They got a Tuesday and Thursday game. We like that. Grant Williams up 16%. Well, that didn't work out quite as well. The opportunity was there, but he fluffed it. They've still got a strong schedule, so it's probably worth holding him. And then Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter, he was up 15% as well. Quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. He was great as well. 28 minutes. Is it because Dragic is out? Possibly. But the defensive stats alone from Caruso make him worth at least a flyer for the Tuesday and Thursday game coming up here. Again, that's surrounding a big volume 11 game, uh, 11 or 10 game wins. I don't remember what it is actually, but I know it's a high volume day. KJ Martin up 13%. Yes, with. Um, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. out for the week. Martin is the ad there. Jeremy Sohan up 13%. He's been playing pretty well lately, and he is moving into at least a 12-team discussion, especially in points leagues. D-Lon right up 11%. I don't think the Hachimura trade impacts D-Lon that much. I think D-Lon was good anyway. I think he was a 12-team league option anyway. So yeah, makes sense. The big fella in Charlotte. Oh, hi, Mark. I, th I think you've got to have him to be honest. I don't know whether the cockroach gets traded. I would think at some point he does or gets marginalized. But again, it's Steve Clifford and bullshit coaching is his forte. But I think you've got to have him at least to see what happens until the trade deadline. By the way, that reminds me, trade deadline, live show on this channel. We're going to do it starting at, what's the time? 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, the 10th of February. I think it's the 10th, Thursday, the 10th of February. Um, we're doing it 1.30 p.m. Eastern live show on this channel. Last year, I was a co-host on the Locked On NBA um, trade deadline show, and there was a lot of technical difficulties. Don't worry. That's not going to happen this year. We're going to do it the same way that I do all of my live streams, all of my pregame shows. There won't be any issue with um, that show not going ahead. It'll be me talking. I don't know if we'll have guests. We probably will get some guests on at some point, but it will be all fantasy impact all the time for probably a couple of hours. So put it in your calendar. You can see it on the YouTube channel. 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, the 10th of February for the pregame or for the, for the live NBA trade deadline show. So make sure you are checking that out. Um, Tom Bryant, also up 7%. Like, fine, whatever. Reacting to that big game from last time. They have it back-to-back -back Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Davis is probably back after that. So as a streamer, Tom Bryant, not a problem. Add him, try it. Cool, that's fine. Long-term, no, no. Um, most drop player, Wenyan Gabriel. Yeah, see you later, bye. We don't need to add him. Max Struess down 18%. Absolutely no reason to roster him. Andrew Nempard down 18%. I know his numbers recently have not been very good. That is true. But they have a three-game in Fortnite coming up. He will st still start. I know he's questionable. I don't think I would have dropped him yet. 
Damien Lee down 17%. In fact, should we just jack some of these guys? Get that garbage out of here! Terrence Mann down 17%, yes. DiVincenzo down 15%. Hmm. Thought he played pretty well last game. And it was in like decent enough minutes, 26-27. It's probably not likely to stick at that level of shooting, but I'm not sure I would have wholesale dropped him. Seth Curry down 13%. He's an in-and-out guy, a stream guy. Totally fine. And Jose Alvarado, the same. A total stream guy when Najee and Ingram return, which is probably this week. There's no way that Alvarado is going to maintain 12-term league value. There's a lot of peripheral stuff for us to get through here. Um, we've done it. Have I buried the lead? I always bury the lead. Love burying the lead. Let's talk about the first game. The Boston Celtics and the Orlando Magic. In fact... Because they did it again, third time beating the Celtics this season, the Orlando Magic. I don't know how Orlando keeps doing it, but they do. They win this game um, pretty comfortably in the end. 113-98 was the final score for um, Orlando over Boston. For Boston, there was no Brogdon for personal reasons. Rob Williams, no shocker there, set out the first game of the back-to-back. Marcus Smart was out. I don't think Smart's going to play tomorrow, nor do I think Horford is going to play tomorrow. There is a chance Brogdon returns. Jason Tatum copped a bit of a hit in the ribs. He went to the locker room. He returned. He played 38 minutes, so totally fine. 26-6-7 with four threes, while Jalen Brown had 26-5-3. and three. And the old mate, Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Did he blow us away? Not really. But after playing nine minutes in the first half, due to that neck issue flaring up, he ended with 27. And for those of you who can't count that well, that is 18 second half minutes. He had 11, four and four, one steal, two blocks and two threes, and had overall a better fantasy performance than Jalen Brown. We wanted to add him because Smart was out, Brogdon was out. They had three games in four nights. I don't think long-term Derek White's the guy. He played, what, 12 minutes the other day. All right, but these guys are all out. Three games in four nights, great stream option. Grant Williams had four points in 27 minutes. Like, he's not reliable at all. I thought he'd be good for this back-to-back, but he's not. While Al Horford stunk, six points, two threes, three assists, 25%. He had been playing pretty well prior to this, but still, 131st over the last week. The points, lack of points is a real problem, if that's something that matters to you. I still think he needs to be rostered. 10-team points league, absolutely not. 12-team points league, borderline. 12-team category league, yes. Peyton Pritchard played 31 minutes with all those absences. He had five points, so that's not exciting. Well, they started Blake Griffin, and I'll never understand why. Three points in 12 minutes for Blake. He did nothing. Sam Hauser had 13 in 19 minutes, but just a big win for the Magic. And let's... What should we do with the, the Orlando Magic? Should we go straight to Lord Voldemort? Jonathan Isaac? He returned. We saw him back on an NBA court almost three years since his first knee injury. And then he came back and played like four games in the bubble before injuring his knee again. Um... He was back. I can't believe I saw it in my eyes. Still, no one has ever given an explanation why it took this long, and they probably never will. But he's back. He played 10 minutes. And people will look at this and go, man, 10 points, two threes, three rebounds, two steals. That's amazing. What In 10 minutes, that is an unbelievable line. And it's why context is important. But I'll, I'll agree with you. That's that's so good. There's a couple of things at play. Josh, you're a hater. Yeah, I am. Whatever. there's a couple of things at play here. When players come back after a long time out, they let them cook. They let them really seek their shots. We saw it with Clay last season. And that's exactly what happened here with John. Right? Unless you can sit here one-on-one, scream at the screen. I won't hear you, but scream at the screen, type it in the comments. And if you can argue with me, yes, Josh, John Isaac will be a 37% usage player. Then I'll agree with you. This is what's going to happen as we move forward. 
You know, in 20 minutes, maybe he scores 15 points, 16 points a game. I can 100% assure you that what happened here has no basis in reality. The two steals, sure. He's not going to be... Two steals in, in 10 minutes. It's one steal every five minutes. It's four steals in 20 minutes. Not happening. 100% not happening. And that's the, that's the most likely thing to occur out of this line. 37 uses for John Isaac has no basis in reality. It will not happen. Nor will him being a 67% three-point shooter. It will not happen. Right? So this is great. It's encouraging. It's perfect if you have him and someone wants to give you a top 70 player. During this game, someone tweeted at me and said, hey man, is he going to be top 50 rest of the season? Like, no, he's not. But if someone believes it, you trade him away a, a million times out of a million. They've got a back-to-back -back set coming up already. He will get more minutes than this. He will play 20 plus minutes at some point this season. It might take three weeks to get there. But so much of this game, like I could easily see him playing 20 minutes in three weeks and having 10 points, two threes, three rebounds in 20 minutes. I could see that. The steal rate is through the roof. The assist rate is through the roof. The shooting numbers are through the roof and they have no basis in reality. Are you okay to have John Isaac in, on your roster? Go, go for it, by all means, right? There's no problem with that. I, as I've said a million times, I just don't believe after that much time off that he will play enough minutes or play enough minutes fast enough for me to justify holding him. But if you're in a strong position in the in the standings, it's okay. But And this just creates a lot of blindness, I think, around his overall um, rest of season outlook. Because again, we, it's our brain is not always trained to look at that guy, 10 minutes. In 20 minutes, you'll have 20 points, four threes, four steals, six rebounds. We're set. We're cooking. We're going to win the championship. It's a league winner, right? That's Some people look at it that way and you go, oh, yeah, no, no. Like he's just as likely to play 20 minutes and still only have seven shots. And that leaves him with you know, 12 points or, or eight points or something like that. That is very important to note. But, and now it just sounds like I'm being a neg negative Nancy here. It's just awesome that he's back. Like it's awesome that he's got through the game. We hope there's no further injuries, but we have to be a little bit more realistic. Maybe you are being realistic. I don't know. Terrence Ross was the guy that lost his rotation spot. Bowl played 17 minutes at five points. You can jack Bowl pretty comfortably, I think. Wendell Carter, 33 minutes, 21 and 11. While Cole Anthony, 18 points on 67%. Now, if you want to talk fake shooting numbers, there you go. 18, 5 and 4, two steals and a block. He is not that level of shooter pretty clearly. He's very up and down with his production, Anthony. Not a must roster guy, but always a stream guy or stream option. While Fultz struggled with his shot, but had 8, 4 and 5. Um, every day... It still happens. Multiple people, hey, man, do we drop Jalen Suggs? And I don't actually know if it's a bit anymore. So every time someone asks me, are you taking the piss? Because I get asked it five times a day. I've mentioned on this show that I get asked it five times a day. And the answer is the same thing. I don't know why you added him. I don't know why you added him when he came back from injury. To me, it was pretty clear that it was just not going to be the case. And I'll state it again. You do not need Jalen Suggs on your 12-team roster. You don't need him at all. Move on. The dream is dead. Wagner had 15, 7, and 6, while Bunkero had 23, 5, and 2. Pretty strong minutes there. Of course, the big focus was John Isaac. The big focus is recap was John recap was John Isaac. You can say that I'm a hater or whatever, but I'm just trying to put a dose of reality into that level of production without just getting like caught up, whipped up in the positive narrative. Oh my God, he's back. 10 points. Oh my God. Like that doesn't actually help anybody when we're trying to break it down from a fantasy point of view. Or I'm just a bitter asshole. Maybe it's a bit of both. Who knows? Let's look at the next game. Speaking of bitter assholes, I imagine Piston fans are that after they see the nonsense that this team trots out. The Bucks 150, the Pistons 130. And honestly, it wasn't this close. Giannis returned and he said, all right, cool, let's go. P 
People are saying that I'm cooked, that I'm washed. I'll show the pissants what's up. Giannis Only 27 minutes, 29 and 12. He did shoot horribly from the line, as usual, 11 of 17. And again, when you are assessing Giannis, I had someone tell me the other day, man, he's totally washed. He's actually ranked behind Caleb Martin, and that is clear bullshit. It's clear bullshit. If the overall rank number tells you that, it tells you why you shouldn't read into ranks as a go be-all and end-all of everything that you think of for fantasy. It is clear bullshit. Right? That is the thing that you need to be able to interpret. That's why having a rankings list and drafting down a rankings list is garbage. Giannis has had a lot of struggles. His field goal percentage, his blocks and steals, disappointingly low. In a punt free throw build, he's eighth this season. Not 90th or whatever he might come out in your system. He's not just not that guy. It's like people telling you, well, I'd actually rather Rob Williams than Luka Doncic. He's a much better fantasy player because Doncic was 30th and Rob Williams was 15th. Garbage. Garbage. Anyway, Giannis killed him. Middleton returned, and he wasn't disastrous, which is a huge W. 15 minutes, 8 points, 2 threes, and 4 assists. It's going to be a little bit slow, but he's just back, and that's great. Um, Portis left with a knee issue. I don't think it's a concern. 18 and 10, while Javon Carter, this bloke out of nowhere just throws up the most random games. 18 points, 6 threes, 3 steals, and a block. That's unbelievable. That makes him the 232nd ranked player over the last week because he's been dreadful in every other game. Don't buy into it. Ingles only 19 minutes. We wanted to see what would happen when these players returned. It's not great. Six points, two, two threes, three, three assists, two steals and a block is a good line. But if he's rocking at 19 minutes a night, Joe Ingles is not going to be a 12-team league player. While um, Grayson Allen had nine in 23. And I don't know why Jordan Nawara keeps getting minutes, but he does. Four points in 14. While Paddy Connaughton, any value he might have had in 12-team leagues is cooked now that Yanni and Middleton are back. Pat did start over Middleton. That obviously won't last long-term. Onto the Pistons. He is a clear must-roster player. I've been banging on about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. But Jalen Duran had 23 and 15, two steals, two blocks, 69% shooting and hit all of his free throws. I cannot stress to you enough that he is a must-roster player. Would you like me to say it again? I don't care that he had one game last week. I don't care that he's got like one game in the next four nights. I don't care. He is a must-roster player. Yes, Isaiah Stewart is out. Yes, his coach has some questionable lineup decisions. I don't care. Jalen Duran is a must-roster player. Boyan Bogdanovic, 33.6 threes. He may or may not get traded. It's a great sell-high opportunity. It's going to be hard to do it. But I don't, I'm not trading him because I think he's going to get traded. I'm trading him because I just don't think he's going to maintain top 30 numbers, which is where he's at at the moment. He hit 73% of his shots here. He waxes and wanes at a crazy rate. And if he gets traded, then he's cooked. Sadiq Bay, the depressed penis, it's a Bay line. 21-3-2. And, and we again, we look at it, oh, two-round points. It's really good. But the rest is like, eh. 43 from the field, 78 from the line. Like, they're okay numbers. He benefits from two starters being out, Killian Hayes and Alf Stewart. I don't believe in Sadiq Bay as a long-term must-roster 12-team league player, even if Boyan gets traded. Jaden Ivey was okay. I love the 11 assists because Hayes is out, but 12 points, 40%, 3 of 6 from the line. He continues to be an absolute category league killer. I don't mind if you roster him. I wouldn't. In points league, I would. In a 12-team category, I wouldn't, but he can fit certain builds depending on what you need. While Alec Burks played only 19 minutes. Alec Burks. Despite Hayes being out. Four points for him. We don't need to hold him in 12-team leagues. While Nerland's Noel, we said with Stewart out, I don't think he plays that much. 
Six minutes, three points. We don't need to roster him. While Diallo played 21, and Isaiah Livers started, played 22 minutes, and didn't do very much. Oh, that team exhausts me so badly. Let's go to the next one. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They lose to the Houston Rockets. That's how you know things are bad when the Rockets are beating you. Um, 119-114, Houston gets the victory. Gobert returned. He played 36 minutes in his first game back. I don't worry about sore groins. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. That's, it's just, it's old Rudy Gobert. 15 and 16, four blocks, 63%. 71 from the line. That's, that's Gobert. That's what we hope. We hope we get more of it. Of course, with him back, the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed, can be dropped two points in nine minutes. And let me beg you, let me absolutely implore you, do not drop Kyle Anderson. Yes, it's very hard to look at a line where someone has two points and one assist in 12 minutes and go, oh, well, the Australian dickhead's right. I should keep him. Right? It's very hard to do that. I understand. He had five fouls. He had three fouls very early in the first half, including a tech. He probably should have been ejected for a mid-air push of Jalen Green. He's just had a bad night. He didn't play 12 minutes because Rudy Gobert returned. He played 12 minutes because he had five fouls. I implore you to hold him. You might find it difficult. I'm going to be annoyed, and I'm sure it won't be you guys. I know it won't be you guys. But tomorrow when I come and look at the most dropped players, if I see Kyle Anderson on that list, I'm going to be annoyed. Do not drop Kyle Anderson. Please. Please. D'Angelo Russell, good game. 30 points, 6 triples, 7 assists, and 2 steals in 42 minutes. It's a lot of minutes. While Goose played 37 minutes. Anthony Edwards. He's really filling it up. 31 points, six threes, three rebounds, five assists, four steals, and a block. That, that is what a top five fantasy guy can be because he hits every category. Now, you'd like more assists, you'd like more rebounds, but he's doing so much right across the board. It's very encouraging. Um, McDaniels, he gets a lot of minutes, Jalen, or Jaden, sorry, when he doesn't get into foul trouble, but his upside is so low. 10 points, 35 minutes, four rebounds, no defensive stats. He's 114th this season, 143 in points leagues. Hey, if you're in a 12-team points league, there is no requirement to roster Jaden McDaniels. You do not have to do it. You can find the equivalent value to Jaden McDaniels in a fantasy points league off the waiver wire, and you can exceed it by streaming. He has had the same role all season, and he cannot really do anything to improve it. Nothing changes. It's just the same boring, low-usage shit from him every game. So I wouldn't worry with him in points leagues. In category leagues, it's fine, but we, we get it, right? For the Rockets, what the hell do we make of Jalen Green? 35 minutes, 42 points a career high. That's after 41 points two games ago and one of the worst games you'll ever see wedged in between it. 42 points, six threes, four assists, a steal on a block. Now, I hate that he went six of 10 from the line, but he shot 60% from the field on huge usage. I thought he was really good. I still have the worries about the lack of uh, peripheral stats, although they were here, here in this one and overall efficiency, but this is good. We hope that we trigger a turnaround. We hope that we get it more consistently. I think you probably want to be punting field goals with him. But getting a 20-point score is a really hard thing to do. So I wouldn't be dropping him. The Delicate Dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. 35 minutes, 21, 7, and 7. He did have some foul trouble early. But kudos to Steven Silas. You won't hear me say that often. For keeping him in those minutes. We also had a switch of backup center, Ujman Garuba two minutes while Fernando played 11. So Fernando got the job back, but it didn't impact Shangun too much, if at all. So that's great. Um, there was no KPJ. 
Ah, that doesn't it doesn't come off the tongue well at all, KPJ. Oof. Kevin Porter Jr., cousin Kev. 33 minutes for Kenyon Martin in his spot. Six and seven with three steals. He's worth a stream. But let's talk about this guy. Tari, regular season. He started with Smith out. 26 minutes, 11 and nine, three assists, three steals, two blocks, 63% shooting. And you're all sitting here going, he's good, yeah? And I'm sitting here going, I know. I, I am well aware. I am well aware. But I tell you why this game is discouraging to me. There's a couple of reasons. The last two games, he's put up really good stats, and I love it. I added him, right, to stream in. I, I actually really enjoy it. But the, the reason that this worries me is in this game, they close with Martin and Tate over him, which is a gigantic L because he was playing super well also. But it also shows to me that the only way he's able to get playing time is because Jabari Smith is out. That is it. He won't play at the three really at all. It's because Jabari is out and he played... I, I feel like I need to swear. I feel like I need to say a naughty word. But he played fewer minutes than Garrison fucking Matthews. Like, Silas, what are you doing? I know you won the game. But seriously, what are you doing? Garrison Matthews. And we've got Jay Sean Tate out here flouting around for 22 minutes. This is all very good for Tari Eason. This is not what you think it is. And I say that as a you, a collective, because there are plenty of you out there who, who understand. But there are also others out of you who see it and go, oh, Eason started, Josh, all these big numbers. Now it's, it's happening, yeah? Like, this is happening. Like, mm, I don't think so. Actually, I'm pretty confident it's not happening. And as soon as Jabari Smith is back, probably Wednesday, Eason will play 20 minutes coming off the bench. And it'll be all for no nothing. I do not think that this is the trigger. That we go, all right, now Eason's going to start and Gordon's going to get benched or traded and it's all happening. We've, they've realized it. I, I don't think that's the case. I would love to be wrong, but I don't think it's the case at all. So we just stream Eason. Um, the Wild Thing had 11 and 7. There's no reason for him to be a 12-team league guy. I don't believe. God, that frustrated me, that game. Anyway, next one. The Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls win it. 111, 100. I've seen some crazy things in my time in terms of takes. But there's this narrative going around that Trey Young is really bad and the Hawks should get rid of him and build around DeJounte Murray because Murray's the better player. Like, I'm sorry. What? They aren't going particularly well, the Hawks. I've seen a team built around DeJounte Murray. They were a 32-win Spurs team last season. I've also seen DeJounte Murray play this season and not be... All that good. I've seen it. And if you want to talk about players who are not great leaders, do we just not see this whole podcast of DeJounte Murray complaining about the Spurs and all of the nonsense antics of him in the offseason? Trey is getting to that stage where he's just getting so much hatred from so many areas of the fan base that insane takes are coming out. Trade him and build around DeJounte Murray. <laughs> all right. Like, all right. What, what, yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, Trey Young had 21, 3, and 13. Didn't hit any threes. Hey, I'm not saying Trey Young's playing particularly well this season. I didn't have him on my all-star game, all-star team. But I considered him, and I didn't consider DeJounte. DeJounte had 20 and 7, 4 assists, no defensive stats with 47% shooting. DeJounte has been playing much better of late through really high field goals. But again, my issue with him is the rebounds and assist numbers from last season aren't the same. I guess Clinker Palace's minutes restriction is done. Needs braces. I can't believe the coincidence that his minutes restriction ended on the same game that Nyeka Okongwu was out. That is just, that's staggering to me. The timing, what's the word? Schadenfreude? I don't even know if that's the right word. 36 minutes for Capella, 16 and 12, two steals and two blocks. If you got a Kongwu, I'd feel okay about dropping him. All right, I don't think it's going to be 36 Capella and 12 Okongwu, but 
it's going to be 28 Capella and 20 Okongwu, and that's not enough. The Baptist had 11 and 9, Johnny Collins with two steals and a block, while Adrian Griffin Jr. started with DeAndre Hunter out. He had 11 points with three threes. It's not a long-term absence. Hunter had an asthma attack, and that is what... Um, how do you guys say asthma? Asthma, yeah? You really bring the ass out. Asthma. Asthma. Anyway, it's the same shit. Hunter um, is out. I think he'll be back next game, and so we don't need to do anything Griffin. It's a gigantic buy low on Bogdan Bogdanovich, but I... I'm not sure he's even a 10-team league player, and I'm not sure he's a top 100 guy in 12-team leagues. So while it is a buy low, you've also got to start considering that maybe he's not an every-night 12-team league player. 11 points, three threes, 33% shooting. The efficiency is well down. The assist numbers aren't there with Murray and Young running things. For the Bulls, DeRozan, 37 minutes, 26-1-6, and six, three steals, really strong. Vooch was a little bit inefficient, 43%, but 14, 17, and 7 is good. And the big fella, Pat Williams, had a double-double. You don't get them from him often. 18 and 10 with two threes. I like the value for him at the moment with the games coming up Tuesday and Thursday. And the Rabbit Hunter, 12 points, two threes, three steals, one block for Alex Caruso. Love that. I think it does help the Dragic was out, but I love that. That's worth a stream. Levine had some percentage issues. 20 and 6, two threes, two steals, but 41 and 57 hurt. And Dasumu played 29 minutes and had two points with five assists. I do not believe that Dasumu is a 12-team league player, even with this schedule. While Kobe White had 10 points, two threes, and two steals. He's not really a 12-team league guy, even with that schedule. Also, Derek Jones, 16 minutes, while Drummond had three. Back in the rotation for a little, little bit. The next game was another embarrassing loss for the Hornets. 120-102, Utah gets the job done. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley played 26 minutes. He had 18, 8, and 5. They continue to play him too much. I don't know if it'll ever change. Honestly, I've got no idea. Um, but then we've got the big fella, the rookie, Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. 18 minutes, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks, 71% shooting. He remains an elite trade deadline stash. Elite. And... If he's going to do this, there's actual 12-team value in him. Grab him. It is less than two weeks until the trade deadline. And this is top 100 over the last week production from Williams. So you're getting actual numbers here. There's three guys that I look at. There's him. There's Isaiah Jackson, which Carlisle's dicking us around. There's Zach Collins. Maybe I throw KJ Martin in there. These are the only guys that I'm really interested in in stashing for the deadline. And Williams is actually giving you numbers. Someone asked me the other day, hey, why are you pushing for us to add Dennis Smith? 29 minutes, 15 points, three rebounds, nine assists. Didn't have any defensive stats, which he usually does. This is why. This is why. Now, when LaMelo plays, then we turf him straight away. Not a problem with that. But LaMelo could have been out four weeks. Someone heard someone tell me that he was going to get shut down for the season. Of course, they were lying and pulling it out of their ass. But the range of length of absence for LaMelo was huge. It doesn't look like it's going to be long-term. But the reason we added Dennis Smith was for this. This is why. Good, good short-term production. Jalen McDaniels, 9 and 9, 28 minutes. If there is someone out there that you want to take a flyer on, I don't mind dropping Jalen. Haywood is back. Lamello might play next game or the game after. And when that happens, and then when Martin is back, and when Ubre is back, there is nothing for McDaniels long-term. It's not there. And even now, like, he's okay. He's, a, he's fine. But as soon as Lamello plays, I'm really worried about where his minutes come from. 
Haywood played 24 minutes. I wouldn't rush to add him. 11-2 and two with a steal while Rogier struggled from both the field and the line. 39 from the field, 60 from the line, 23-5-2. He'd been playing really well. This smells, but at least he got good volume on the scoring, which is something that you can count on. While Paul Washington Jr., do you know before today's game, he was a top 40 player over the last week, and then he had 3-3-1 three, three, and one on 14%. That stinks. It kicks you right in the balls. It hurts. He's still holding, but it's, he's one of the more inconsistent players to get uh, of the season. And maybe we can do it. Should we pass the baton? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I feel like it fits. I feel like it fits. I just got to remember to play it for him. Hey, those of you in Dynasty Leagues, I know this is not a good line. Two points, 0 of 7 shooting. I think Bryce McGowan's is going to be a good player. 28 minutes for him, 2 and 4. The fact that he played 28 minutes while old mate James Booknight, one of the biggest draft busts in recent years, got zero minutes, should tell you something. I think McGowan's can become a starter caliber player at some point. He might not, but I, for a second round pick... I really like him. And the fact that they've lent in and gave him 28 minutes while you know Kai Jones played four and Booknight played zero, should tell you something. Don't know what it is, but it tells you something. For the Jazz, Kessler played only 22 minutes due to foul trouble. He still had 13 and nine. He's a must roster player. Don't panic. While Vanderbilt had 21 minutes because Kessler was limited. Four and six with four assists and two steals. I love the two steals. The assists and rebounds are really good from Vanderbilt. I don't believe that Vanderbilt Barry's a 12-team league guy. Markinen, 25 and 11, and Conley, 14, 3 and 3 with four threes. Want to talk again about short Rui Hachimura, and that is Colin Sexton. He played 20 minutes. He had 11, 2, and 3. He is a terrible fantasy profile player. If you want to hold on to him under the belief that Mike Conley gets traded, okay, I get it. But you know what? Even if he was to start and play 30 minutes a night, I'm not convinced he's a top 100 fantasy guy. He needs to have very high usage to be even in that mix. And I thought he would have it on this team, but... You know, again, I should have stuck with my gut of like, I don't actually think he's very good. And anytime I was like asked, hey, how come you think Sexton's worth a pick in the 90s? I said, hey, I don't think he's very good at all. Don't let this be an endorsement of me telling you that I think he's good. I just think that he's going to get shots, but he's not. And he's a backup and he's rostered everywhere. And I don't know why. You don't have to hold him in 12-team leagues, I don't think. Nor with Malik Beasley, who had 20 minutes for nine points and three threes. He's a streamer for threes, and that is it. Well, Agbaji had a nasty four, but he was able to return eight points with two threes. He's still just a very deep league player. It also wasn't a great night for the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Just pretty empty. 18 points, zero rebounds, two assists. He's been pretty strong this season. That's nothing for us to get all that excited about. And then we had uh, 22 useless minutes from Taylor Horton Tucker. That's not fair. He had six assists, which is useful, but I don't trust Taylor Horton Tucker to be useful on a game-by-game -game basis. Therefore, we're not adding him really in any leagues. All right. This one was embarrassing again for the Spurs. They lose 147-127 to the Blazers. Let's talk Jakob Pertl because there are a couple of ways we can look at this. 14-7 and on 75% shooting is actually a really good fantasy line. 16 minutes is dreadful. So which one do we look into? I think it's a mixture of both. Why did he have 16 minutes? Well, five fouls. That's easy to say. There's a general narrative around Pirtle that he sucks. I had someone ask me, hey, do I add him off the wire? Like, why was he dropped? What is going on? Right, so there is an opportunity here while some things are dropping down and people are get so riled up about tanking. Oh, the Spurs, they're just taking him off the court. They're keeping their best player benched. Oh, this is terrible. I can't deal with this with him. He's going to go somewhere and be an 18-minute a night backup. I actually think he's turning into a buy-low player. If he goes to Toronto, he's playing 30-plus, right? Depending on who knows where he goes, right? If, if he goes at all. But with the way that people are valuing him at the moment, it's you can get him for nothing, pretty much. I, I don't think the cost to acquire Yucca Pearl in a trade 
would be very expensive at all, given the way that people are speaking about him at the moment. I, I don't think you need to invest much. And yes, it might not work out. He might not go to Toronto. He might go to Boston and play 16 minutes a night. And then obviously it's useless. But you're not really paying top dollar at all in any sort of deal for Pirtle at the moment. So I, I look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the vitriol I'm hearing about Pirtle or the, the common thread of how badly and how he's getting benched all the time is not realistic for people who roster him. But like I'm looking at some of the recent trades on Yahoo, like traded for Michael Porter Jr. That is, I think I'd, think I'd much, rather, much rather Pirtle, to be honest. But then there's some trades where he's traded for Miles Turner, which is an insane deal. Well, that's crazy. What the hell is that? So I don't know where to, how to really grade his value. But you know, I've just seen a few things that make me think maybe there's a bit of a buy low there for Yuckum. Trey Jones only played 24 minutes. This was a blowout, remember. 12-2-7. While Keldon Johnson, Keldon Johnson did his way to 20 points with four rebounds. He had one assist only. The old horse. Whose horse is that? Uh, he had a steal and a block. He was one or two from the line. He's just sort of doing Keldon things. Not a bad night, for sure, but he's always lax in some of those peripherals. I'm impressed with what Jeremy Sohan's doing at the moment. Sohan now! 18-6, four assists. The free throw shooting's improved. I think he is 12-team league valuable at the moment. While Langford had 12, I wouldn't worry there. When Richardson played 19 minutes, eesh, that's a bit yuck. 11 points, two threes. He was playing pretty well. This will take him outside the top 100 over the last week. He just remains, remains, not remains, that's not the right word, remains a 12-team league fringe stream type guy. Zach Collins got the extra minutes with Pirtle in foul trouble. He revenge-gamed his way to 11-3-3. Three, and three. I still think, as I said earlier, he's in those top three stash guys for the trade deadline upcoming. And Stan Johnson had zero points in 17 minutes for the Blazers. Lillard, 37, 1 and 12, 7 triples. He's on a real roll at the moment, putting up some big numbers. And it is awesome to see that Yusuf Nurkic played 27 minutes, 25, 11 and 7, three steals and two blocks. He got cooked by Tom Bryant last game. And there were some people really frustrated with that. It's great to see him do it. And again, it just, again, highlights that Drew Eubanks was not an ad. He's a stream for deeper leagues and a block stream option. But he played 16 minutes with seven points and a block. We knew it was coming. We knew Jeremy Grant was going to regress. Three points on 11%. That's shit, it's shit house. Right, he's had so many great games that you can sort of forgive that. Although, in saying that, he is outside the top 120 over the last week. And we, I think we are going to see his current season rank, which is around 60, continue to push back to the 80s. That's where I think it's going to end up. Simons was pretty good, but he's always pretty empty. 26-1-1. One one. The four threes are nice. 60% shooting is good, but... The lack of peripherals hurts. And I was also impressed with Shaden Sharp. But what do we take out of this game from taking on the Spurs? Like 19 points is good, but he has one of the worst assist rates in the entire NBA. And again, he had zero here. I'm officially worried about Josh the Hitman Hart. 9-5-4. In a 10-team league, I would drop. In a points league, I would consider it as well. Um, and there is a lot of whispers that maybe someone like Nasir Little might move into the starting lineup. It, Hart's minutes continue to come down. I, I wouldn't make a a rash move on dropping him, but I'm also not against it. I think we are heading that way. It feels like we're heading that way. They got a good win. Here the Blazers. That alleviates a bit of pressure, but things are constantly pushing down for him. As for Little, he's off his minutes restriction. He played 18 minutes, 10 points and two threes. Three three assists. Nice game. He wouldn't be a 12-team ad if he started, but he'd be someone to watch. Well, Gaz Payton had three steals. That's what he's there for. And he delivered. We always love when players deliver what they, what they promise to us as streaming guys with steals. That's that's what he does, and that's all he does. 
So the last game of the night was a big blowout. The Grizzlies and the Kings. The Kings get the victory here comfortably, 133-100. It wasn't that easy the whole way. The Kings really turned it on in the third quarter. Memphis was without Jar and Steve Adams, though, on the back-to-back. Without Adams, they didn't start Brandon Clark. In fact, they started Xavier T. Illman. 30 minutes for T. Illman, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block in 83% shooting. That's really good. Is he an option if Adams rests again? I don't know. What I would be doing is pretty annoyed if I had Brandon Clark and I was one of those people who is stubbornly held on to him this whole time. 13 minutes for Clark, six points, not much else. I don't understand why he's rostered in as many leagues as he is, and I wouldn't bother with it. The Tyus Jones luxury stash paid off again, 12, six, and eight, two steals and two threes. If you're in the top of your standings, he's a great guy to have because Morant's going to sit games. He just is. And Jones always gives you this little bit of a punch. Des Bain, 21 points with three threes in 29 minutes and five assists. And Jaron had 19 and five. But it was a pretty humbling loss for the Grizzlies, who again were without some key players. Brooksy had 13 points. That's pretty good for him. With six assists and a triple one. He did have a late locker room um, trip. I don't think it's anything to worry about, but we'll find out about more, more about that as we move forward. There was extra minutes for like bench players. Like This is a blowout because you know, Kenny Lofton played five minutes. So that's how you know where this game was headed. For the um, Kings, what a game from Trey Lyles. 24 points, six threes, six rebounds, two steals, three blocks, 73% shooting. Now, before this game, Trey Lyles was ranked 328th over the last week. He was ranked 272nd for the season. This was great. He doesn't get steals or block shots or honestly shoot 75% from three because nobody does. This was a really good game. He was also dreadful. I think their last game played like 13 minutes. Do not add Trey Lyles based on this. Please don't. You don't get this game if you add him. Also, Keegan Murray, the game looks pretty good. I think he's a huge sell high personally. 20 and 9 is really good. It's big numbers and people love big numbers. Five threes are good. He's also going at a crazy high clip at the moment. I think he's hitting 70% of his twos and like 48% of his threes. He was at 64% shooting overall here. He had no assists, no steals, and only one block and got to the line once. It's very hard to maintain value on insane shooting percentages, which is what Murray is doing at the moment. By all means, have him. I don't think that he's this guy. I think he's more like 100 to 120 sort of a player. And he's rolling with some very good shooting at the moment, which is going to blow up at some stage. It, it is. Same with the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Except Barnes didn't even bring rebounds to this one. 20 points, six threes, three rebounds, two assists, 60% shooting. These guys hit 67. Look, Lyles, Murray, and Barnes hit 75%, 71%, and 67% from three. Like, that's insane shooting. This team shot 55% from three. They had like 30 turnovers or 25 turnovers or something and still won the game by 35 points because they could not miss. It's one thing we look at for fans and go, we love it if they're on our roster. But when we see it happen, we go, oh yeah, nah, there's no way. Like, it is going to fall away. It is. Fox had 17, 4, and 10 with four steals. Pretty good game from him. And it was also good to get a good performance from Malik Monk because he's really struggled. 24 minutes, 13, 9, and 8. Is that a sign to add him? I don't know about that but it puts him firmly back into the 12-team streamer area. While Herder struggled, Lyles got his minutes, 21 minutes for Fantapans, five points there on 29%. Nothing we need to care about. But let's talk about Sabonis, who, again, he's been playing really well. I wouldn't say this was his best, but he got a triple-double. People love a triple-double. It was a DeMontis Sabonis triple-double, which is when you get a triple-double, but no threes, no steals, no blocks, and he does it all the time. 14, 10, and 11, he had eight turnovers as well. I wouldn't say that those numbers are particularly good. He was still honestly important, like plus 22, really strong. And he remains in my all-star team, despite me being a guy who doesn't really believe in him being a guy that leads a team to a high-end playoff position because 
as you saw in this one. They, they actually cooked him defensively at times. But those numbers are still really strong. He continues to put up good ones. He's just, it's always weird to see these triple doubles and triple zeros combined in the same game. He does it all the time. With Chemezi Metu out, Sean Holmes got the backup minutes. He had a steal and a block, 14 minutes, but that is really not anything that we need to care about for majority of fantasy leagues. And now, that'll take us across to the lines of the night. The Monstrous does go to Damian Lillard. The waiver wire, of course, has to go to Trey Lyles. You can't really top that sort of performance. The young gun is the uh, the big fella, passport legend, Jalen Duran. And the dud of the night is PJ Washington Jr. Your top 10 players in category leagues, number one, Lillard, followed by Duran, Lyles, Boyan Bogdanovic, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Edwards, Larry Markinen, Javon Carter, just you know, one of these things is not like the other, Rudy Gobert, and Jalen Green at number 10. I can't wait to post this on my Instagram, the top five players, and every comment's going to be going, Jalen Green, bro scored 42 points. Sabonis, so triple-double, not one of the top performers. No, in category leagues, they were not. But someone will say it, almost guaranteed. Top 10 players rostered in less than 50% of leagues. Number one was Lyles. Great performance. Don't add. Javon Carter. No, it's fake. Tari preseason. Yeah, look, if Jabari's out, we stream him. And if he's not, we don't. I don't think we care. Cole Anthony was really good. He's very hard to trust, but there's always 12-team fringe value, stream value. Monk was really good as well. Back into the streaming mix. Grayson Allen. Yeah. Xavier T. Ilman. Not really buying that. Mark Williams. Well, you know, you know what my thought process is on him. Jeremy Sohan. I think he's a 12-ad. And Shaden Sharp was good, but I don't care. Points leagues, top 10 players, Jalen Green at one, followed by Lillard, Nurkic, Duran, Anthony Edwards, Vucevic, D'Angelo Russell, Rudy Gobert, Yanni at nine, and number 10 was Lowry Markinen. And that brings me to the end of today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. It's an app. And on YouTube, get me to 60K, sub, hit the notification bell, leave a comment, and don't forget, trade deadline show coming up, 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Is it the 10th or 9th? I've got no idea. Whatever the day the deadline's on. Thursday, the 10th of February, let's say it is, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. It'll be here live, and I think it's going to be fun. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.